What's up, people? It's your boy D with the View from LA podcast. I am your host. For my current listeners, welcome back, y'all. And for my new listeners, welcome aboard. Welcome to the show. Everyone, come on in into my virtual living room. Kick back, relax, and enjoy the show, and we'll get right into it. Hope everybody enjoyed their weekend. How was everybody's weekend? Happy Monday, everybody. Happy Monday. Right now, it is about 84 degrees in LA. Just giving you guys a little bit of weather report. And it's going to be mid-70s until the high 60s throughout the week, as you know, if you're in California. For those who don't live in California, the weather is usually cold at night cold in the morning but warm throughout the afternoon until the sun starts to go down so i don't know maybe that's part of maybe the time change had a little bit to do with that because the sun is rising a little bit quicker so seems like it seems like it so we reach five o'clock boom seems like it's coming up over here and rising to the east okay uh Sorry about that. Something on my screen here. What crap is that? So did everyone, what did everybody think about that election? Finally, the mother of all elections is finally over. Never in my voting lifetime have I ever experienced uh, an election like that. Usually in these elections, you know, both sides are dug in. Everybody's given their facts and rhetoric about I won't say rhetoric maybe sometimes some of it is but everybody's giving making their statement with their facts about why their side should be chosen to be the POTUS but in this situation I often felt that the soul of the nation was at stake i really do and i'm probably sure a lot of people other people feel like that uh but the votes have been counted and the people have spoken uh it was a stake it was a stake because it to me it was a challenge on our democracy and in order to meet that challenge we had to go exercise our constitutional right to vote and i'm so glad we did i know in california alone we shelled out about 10 million votes. And I believe Biden had about, I don't know, he was what, 78 million votes, something like that. Yeah, 70, 70 million plus. I'm going to say 70 million plus. I saw the number, but I don't remember. I remember seeing the exact number, but I don't want to misquote it. But I know it's over 70 million. So we'll say well over 70 million plus that he had gotten enough votes. And he also won, he won in a popular vote, and he also won on the electoral, uh, the electoral college situation. So he, he won on both sides, but it be, you know, uh, there's a lot of crying foul from the other side. But end of the day, you know, the people voted. They get opportunity to vote. They 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 vote for they voted for change. They voted for things. That they were tired of seeing, tired of hearing, tired of looking at, tired of experiencing, and they want something different. And initially, 
when the current administration came in and they were lobbying they were lobbying for a chance to be in the white house they were essentially doing something different at us right they were they were doing something different at us what do you have to lose i mean when when you're presented with a statement like that that you it comes down at sometimes maybe oftentimes but definitely many times that you get you you've exhausted all your means you exhausted all, you've exhausted all your options and so you're, you're looking at it what else do i need to do and if someone comes to you and says hey you know what you might as well try this why should i try that dude you've done all of this and it hasn't worked you tried all of these avenues with no success so try this because in any way what do you have to lose when you hear statements like that you you think hell what do we have to lose how bad can it get newsflash it got real bad if you were just a person on the outside looking at the whole situation from left to, left to right up and down in and out it got bad the culture of the nation the ugly parts of us came out the, the dastardly parts of us the the maniacal the the deceitful parts of who we are to me as a nation reared its ugly head to the point that the other nations were looking at america and like damn yeah y'all messed up for real we we have issues but y'all really got issues you know with the brutality and the the racial divide and just all those ugly narratives that were not only communicated but they were definitely experienced you, you know so it it brought the nation in a sense to its knees maybe the nation doesn't realize that but in a sense it brought it brought us to our knees to the point that we had to rethink regroup and like hey hold up this ain't who we are you know, <clears throat> it's always beautiful to be loved. What does love mean? Love's mean adored, appreciated, thought of, considered, unselfishly. And we couldn't get that amongst each other. But what we can get is dignity and respect. You always want, we always want any person with common sense or human decency will always want love into the equation. But if we cannot immediately put love in the equation, we need to at least be able to place dignity and respect in those situations to make us a better nation across the board where everybody is ultimately you know for the good of every for the good of for good of mankind and united states and how things how we how we how things are governed and legislated it needs to be for the good of the people and that's where voting comes in that's where democracy comes in uh 
and this when faced all the situation it was like we were walking down and looked over the edge of an abyss and often walked right up to its edge and saw in its pot stirring all its rhetoric its calamity its division the possibility of rendering democracy null and void the possibility of a looming civil war or war with unnecessary wars with other nations is what probably was some of the viewpoint that I, I put it in consideration like man we might be doing this or we might be going to this situation and the walk and the curiosity of all of that led a lot of people to the edge leaning over as far as possible and being serenaded to a degree with echoes of what do you have to lose and almost falling in with no rope to get out so that point seeing all of this common sense was able to still manifest to a point where we knew we had to invoke the power of the vote. That we had to use our constitutional rights to get our head back in the damn game. Like Coach say, son, get your head in the game. We had to get back in the game. And why do we do that? By voting, getting those out that we don't want in that have no no passion for the country going in the right direction and even if they did maybe their message was distorted to the point that nobody understood it It, maybe it wasn't clear enough it just certainly sounded like that to me on many occasions that maybe somewhere deep down you may have meant it to go a certain way but when you echoed all of that out it was not the case and it it had us looking at each other crazy it had us going and going to dark places as americans and that we we just couldn't continue to have that we couldn't and that and that's why the the voting process you know to restore democracy they say at they it was often it was often said at the end of this process and throughout this process as it was coming to a close that democracy in the u.s has been restored what we're well known for what we're the, the process that we use to put our leaders and and people and our agents of change in power is by voting like the people collectively coming together and making a decision of who they want to lead us. And we 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 must never ever give up that 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 power of democracy to be a democratic process. I know it's a Republican and Democrat, but the process of having the people choose a, choose leaders and place them in positions where they can effectively legislate and govern the country that's important that's what we need 
You know, we're already suffering enough. The world is suffering enough. We 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 have to be able to uh, get some type of paradise out of this situation. It is, and it's and the process is not going to be perfect. But if we put the proper, if we have the proper tools, we can fix the problem. And before we didn't have the proper tools and we had a big problem and it kept growing and growing. And, and we had no way of fixing it until now. So democracy, shout out to democracy, uh, which is a Greek word from Democrat, Democratia or from Demos. Demos meaning people and Kratos meaning rule. So the word technically, not actually, but in a sense, so I know I got a lot of smart listeners out there. And so I'm not dumbing this down at all. But the Greek word for democracy basically means people rule. So... Form a government where people have the authority to choose their governing legislation, who people are and how authority is shared among them are the core value issues for the democratic theory, development and constitution. So we have a constitution. We have a system of government chosen by the people. And so best wishes to the future POTUS going in. He's got a big, he's got a lot to do, a lot on his shoulders. But, you know, it's often said, what makes a great leader when he surrounds himself with people that have full knowledge of all the things that he needs to be aware of? Maybe Joe Biden doesn't have all the answers, but you bring all the subject experts in and you guys will work collectively together to get the answers to the solutions for to get the to get the answers for the problems and you will have solutions so we made it we got out of that problem at in the end of the day we evaded the jaws of chaos punch a political process in the mouth with with the real right to choose aka the democratic process why because even god himself allows the action of free will so this at the end result of all of this we exercise free will the power to choose and exercise democracy in its finest hour so at this point, we, we don't know what's going to happen in 2021, but as far as the chapter on this one, just consider it mission accomplished and the chapter is closed and we begin a new chapter in 2021. So good job, everybody who voted. Good job if you voted. If you didn't vote, you might have your own personal issues. I won't say issues. I'm sorry. You might have your own personal reasons why you didn't vote. But at the end of the day, 
don't be a person that complains if you weren't trying to be a person to be part of the process. If you didn't vote at all, that's your, the action, that's your right. That's your right. But if you didn't vote, don't say nothing. Don't say nothing. Don't, you know what? Shut up. Don't say nothing. You ain't got the right to say nothing. You didn't stand in line. You didn't, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't use the energy in your day to mark those, mark those, uh, check off the, uh, the selections in the ballot box. I mean, in the ballot, on the ballots and, and place them in the box and hoping that your vote was going to make a change and excited at the fact that you got, you were part of the process. Don't say nothing. If you didn't do that, why should you, why should you have the right to say something? You technically you do you can say anything you want free speech, but come on, really? So that's it on the voting process. Like, yeah, I'm not a politician. You know me. I just get my own personal thoughts and views on the, on the, on the matters that I bring forth to you guys. And uh, that's just my feelings on the whole voting aftermath. All right. So. I'm sorry. Let me get a swig of water. My bad. My bad. Sorry, guys. I still got real dry. I tell you, for all those who for all those who know that been listening, when you're on a microphone and you're talking a lot, and that air exchange, breathing and exhaling of air, that exchange, it actually kind of dries your mouth out. So we have to. Most people will have a bottle of water by them to parch their thirst. No, I take that back to quench their their thirst because their throats are parched for water so or what other beverage you might be drinking some shows do some shows do adult beverages i.e liquor uh some shows they drink protein shakes whatever they drink to uh quench their thirst but i just water is fine for me at this point (laughs) so you know, another another thing I came across the other day, I, uh, oh, did we all are aware, or, but if we're not, that one of the biggest deals made out there this recently was the purchase of the Supreme brand. Everybody knows the Supreme streetwear brand, one of the hottest brands in the street globally. Uh, it's definitely big over in Asia, uh, big, you know, big across the U.S. too. And we often see a lot of celebs uh, wearing, getting Supreme gear. Definitely a lot of, definitely a lot of hip hop purchased by the, uh, let's see, sorry, I'm looking this up real quick for you guys. There we go. There we go. It's coming up now, so I can tell you about it. Just, just a price of it. Okay, yeah. Brent sold to VF uh, for two point one billion dollars. That's a lot of paper, y'all. That's that's a lot of U.S. currency. That's a lot of currency anywhere around the world in terms of currency. Billion with a B. So just a little history on VF. VF is a parent of Vans and Timberland. And 
and just for so those brands and you know timberland's a big brand that a, a, a big woodsman type clothing brand it's actually kind of fashionable it's like i i got my girl some uh it's a timberland high heel so they're they're really frat they have a lot of really fashionable stuff that you know if you wear a fur coat and you somewhere cold and you can rock the uh timberland high heels that you know so keep you warm or whatever but they look kind of dope though you know i don't wear high heels so hey come on <laughs> but i'm just saying that is, is in terms of a shoe it's a pretty dope looking shoe so they uh along with vans you know vans another streetwear brand uh real heavy in the skateboarding community and among a lot of college kids and uh in high in high in high school high school teens and you know even this is a popular brand among young people period i even got a pair of vans i actually brought from a van store out in if you ever in LA, if you're in LA, you know about the Citadel. It is a outlet. Yeah, I, I almost forgot what it was. It's one of those outlet uh, areas that you go out. All the different brands are out there, and they sell all kinds of stuff at really discounted prices, anywhere from twenty five to almost over fifty percent off on their stuff depending on what store you go into and they have a lot of nice gear but a lot you know what a lot of their stuff really is just out of technically season it's the, okay the stuff looks really nice but oh it was in the store so it didn't really sell so okay we're gonna push it toward the outlets so it's still the gear is still fly but it's not this year's stuff it's last year's stuff so the stuff they don't sell they push off to other markets and the outlet market is a really huge market for off-season uh, off out-of-season clothing. I know that's how Ross and Marshalls gets a lot of, they get a lot of their gear is because those that, all that stuff that shoes you like you've never seen before. Oh yeah, they were in season somewhere else, but they didn't sell. So they push them out there. I mean, one time I came across a really nice pair of, they were black and yellow Nike some type of it was a high top top of, it was the air force one black black and yellow nike shoe and i should have brought it but i did not buy it i don't know some at some point the color kind of threw me off but then again i liked it and i went back i like to go to Marshalls, by the way and you pick up all kind of cool gear Marshalls. don't so so people out there don't sleep on Marshalls. don't tell everybody i told you about Marshalls, but don't sleep on Marshalls. Marshall got a lot of fly shit oh i said they asked for it my bad i'm sorry but anyway i was just trying to that was to emphasize the, the point or my statement i was making so uh yeah so these shoes i went back two or three times and kept seeing them on, on, on the on the rack and when i finally decided to go back they were gone and I was pissed off because I should have got them in the first place. And I actually saw the same type of high top Air Force One shoe that was like in the military green. And one of my favorite, weirdly, oddly enough, I guess because I'm, I'm ex-military, that is kind of a favorite color for me. That I saw it, I didn't snatch it. And I went back to see if it's still there and it was gone. So if you get the inclination and you feel like if you get an impulse to buy it and a particular type of shoe that you don't know see before and you think it's dope enough to wear go ahead and cop it 
you may not wear it here you maybe might when you go traveling you might rock you rock that gear at some point it'll serve it'll be tapped into service in, in regards to you wearing you know a particular type of clothing for whatever event or situation you're going to or going to be in or whatever you know that you you want you want to put together a, a little fly wardrobe so you look good you gotta look good when you step out people i try to look good every time i step out it ain't a it ain't an egotistical thing to say i just think it's i i i look at it at this point when you go out and you're seeing people that never seen you before you that's a, the first impression a friend of mine always told me in sales that uh perception is everything and the first time people get a dose of you, you want to be at your best. You want to look good. You want to smell good. You want to have a nice, fresh cut. You want a nice hairdo for the ladies. You want a nice hair, guys. You want to be in fly gear. You want to look. You want to look. You want to look. You know. You want to have a little swag to you. So they look at you like, oh, okay, I see you. I see you. You know, nice gear on. You know, I like clothes. I don't buy enough clothes, but uh, I do need to reinvent my wardrobe. Some stuff is hard to get rid of because some of the stuff I like, but I got to do it. And I actually need some more suits, but that's neither here nor there. So as you, you know, we're let's, I don't want to get off track from the from the Supreme deal. So it, it, it brings me to this is that we all know and I, I would I use this. I use talking about the sale to to let you realize how powerful this brand is. And for the people who control the companies of Vans and Timberlands to look at Supreme and how hot of a streetwear brand that it is to want to go get it. And and like, look, I'd have tried to hold out for more for me, but two billion dollars, two point one billion dollars ain't bad. Plus, I believe they took on their debt, too. So I guess you can't do better than that. So imagine like somebody buying your company, they're taking everything with them, but also they are taking on your debt. Can you really can you can you really look the other way if that if it's a nice deal that benefits you? Probably not. You probably might have to go ahead and take that deal. So, you know, shout out, shout out to uh the folks at Supreme for going ahead and just shaking their hand and inking that deal for 2.1 billion. So you can't be mad at them for that. So and here and here and here is where it I'll tie it all together is that in hip hop we always we often know there is a brash hip hop. Okay, as far as hip hop and clothing brands and any type of brand we're front that's from especially in clothing in the clothing lines or jewelry or or things of that nature hip-hop is a brass sounding board for trailblazing for trail just trailblazing trends and, and amplifying brands so if it's like if it's a cool brand that nobody's never heard of basically and hip-hop gets a hold of it and you start seeing it with the celebrities you know, either on a wrist or driving or what have you, or using. All of a sudden, it's like you see enough of it, and and if it's a dope, if it's if it's a dope brand, you mean I mean I'm sorry, not I mean dope. I mean dope brand, but also mean that if it's product line that they happen to have at the time is dope, 
and they're displaying it and people see it. Enough people see it. More people are, oh man, I like what he win. What are those? Oh, those are those are FXs. Oh, I like those. Let me go get some. Let me go get those glasses. Let me go get that watch. Let me go get those that luggage. You know, whatever it may be that holds that that product that product they have and the brand is connected to. All of a sudden, it starts. They start seeing a, uh, an increase in their in their in their sales and their revenue. And it's like, what they look up? Oh, we were a small company, but they look up. Now you got major celebrities rocking your gear. They rocking it because they like it. And you know, they sense these like they put you on. You, nobody knew you before, but now everybody know you. And now everybody's purchasing from you and you're making money hand over foot. So much money you can't even count. You know, the sales are great, the sales are through the roof. You're in the black and not the red. You know, black and, and in terms of finance, black meaning everything. You you uh you're making a profit, and red usually is like you are in debt. You're not making no profit, and your bottom line is suffering. So, you ever own a business? You never want to be in the red. You always want to be on black. Bet on black, baby. <laughs> Bet on black. Makes sense, right? Okay. And with this, you often see a lot. Inter. Okay. We talked about advertising being a trailblazers uh, of trends and applying these these brands. And Okay, and you also see <clears throat> hip hop amplifying these brands. It's hip hop is one of the biggest drawing brands on earth. And many of these brands have hip hop to thank. Of course, all these brands were already embedded in the fabric of consumerism, but when introduced into the culture, primarily comprised of African American with other races and ethnicities that love hip hop. And which is probably one of the most popular music of genres on the planet, the notoriety could do nothing else but go supernova. What is my point with all of this? Is that it's basically a magnet for grand growth. Sorry, a magnet for brand growth. I feel like I didn't say that. You know, with the, in a culture that's uh, celeb, celebrity rappers and athletes, uh, especially when it comes to tattooing, which brings me to my point, uh, is that tattoos, as we all know, you know, tattoos are, are, are amazing works of art. I don't, I don't want to discount tattoos for all the folks that have tattoos. I, I currently don't have none. I often think about getting tattoos, but Sometimes I'm not a needle guy, so I may have to overcome that to me if I decide to get one one day, you know, and all. And of course, tattoos, tats have different meanings. Everybody who puts a tattoo in their body has it has a specific meaning and a certain sense, a certain sentimental value to them. You know, it could be family. It could be uh, a trial or tribulation uh, that they've gone through. 
you know, whatever, whatever it is that tattoo represents that a milestone they've reached in your life and so on and so forth. But when it comes to brands, like you've seen, uh, on, you know, on some people inked up, you've seen like, you know, you got basketball, you know, your particular sport, especially in NBA uh, players, you see a lot of basketball type, uh, tattoos, uh, for people who are in their religious beliefs, you know, like believe in God and Christ and all, and all that cool stuff in other ones too. But since I'm a Christian, I'll just focus. I'll just relay my observation about the Jesus tattoos. You know, even in jury, you get the G this is a, uh, a lot of celebrities, especially African-American rappers, they wear the Jesus piece. It's a it's a, it's an image of Christ, complete with the crown of thorns on his head that are done in gold and diamonds. And a lot, a lot of them I've seen look pretty dope. So if I was in the heavy in that jury, uh, I would probably give me a Jesus piece and it would be in a cross because it looks pretty cool. I wouldn't get a huge one. Probably I'd get some, you know, not not too small, not too big, but just the right size that it looks appropriate for me. OK, for me. So, with that being said, that back to the tattoos, it's like, you know, the, the different images mean different things. And so, but when it comes to brands, what does that mean? Honestly, probably, I'm guessing if they probably just have a deep love for the brand, like Gucci, Louis, uh, Bentley, uh, Rolls Royce, uh, Lamborghini. Uh, what uh, Nike? Uh, I've even yeah, there's a lot of tattoos of Kobe Bryant out there. Uh, lo lovers and fans of Kobe Bryant, you know, or you know, different iconic uh, sports figures, and also different uh, historical figures in our the history of America, like Martin Luther King or Malcolm X, or. You know, probably even more George Washington, Ben Franklin, the uh, the, Mer the bald eagle, a symbol. Sorry, bleh, a symbol of American freedom, power, and democracy. Uh, the flag itself. Uh, you know, mil military. You know, army, navy, air force. You know, that, uh, all those different meanings that that mean something to those people that are wearing them. And it's when you see it, it's another brand awareness statement. You're doing it for your own reasons, but essentially you are promoting the brand and probably rightfully so. But in the case of the Supreme situation, let's explore. J.R. Smith, one of the most recognizable athletes, uh, in the NBA, uh, just won a championship with the Los Angeles Lakers when he was with the Cavaliers during around the time of 2018. Uh, he did an interview with GQ magazine and he had a Supreme logo attached, you know, inked on the back of his leg, running up the back of his leg all the way up from his from his where his calf starts and all the way down you know almost right above his achilles 
tendon area. So that 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 whole limb. It was a it was a tattoo, and it was a, everybody that knows Supreme logo. It was the same type of font, but it did not have the red backdrop, uh, and it wasn't written in white as everybody knows. That's that you know that's the Supreme logo. There's really no logo really like it. It's it's simple, but it's kind of yet complex because it's. It's nothing really like it out there. And anybody who comes after that doing that same style, you're just trying to copy the Supreme logo. They, they've they set a... Uh, they made an iconic move to do that. So it's like anybody that comes at them try to do it. Oh, you just caught... You just... You, you know, you're a copycat. You, you know, you're just trying to imitate the logo without doing it to the point that it becomes a copyright infringement, right? Because I'm sure they had that logo copyright if they're smart. And it seems like the PA, hey, if you selling a company for two point one billion, you're you're pretty smart. You 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 crossed all your T's and dot dotted your eyes to the point that you you know you can get away with selling this company and giving away your debt for two point one billion dollars. So again, I'm sure that is equity. Again, it is copyrighted. So, but he did, and he he's about like a. Alike, I mean, not like, but a, like a moderately light caramel color. I'm saying this to say is that the uh, the logo, the tattoo show it shows up pretty well on the back of his leg. Now, the NBA had an issue with that. They had an issue with that. Why? Because here's where I'm going with this: is that essentially the NBA allows any any advertising to be shown as long as they're paid by it. So you, you know, last few years you've seen companies, different companies come up, you know, and add their logo to the jerseys. It's a way for the NBA to get more revenue. It's more brand awareness. You know, the NBA has a global presence and that way technically it's a win-win for everybody. However, the NBA did not have a I guess an agreement, i.e., contract with Supreme to the point that they would pay them a ridiculous amount of money every month just so you could see that logo all over the place. Now, if they had, if they had did that at the time that J.R. Smith, because he, he just has a love for the brand, and you know, it states in this interview, his GQ magazine interview, if you go back and look at it, you'll see that he just he has appreciation, love for the brand because it's kind of streetwear. You know, it represents gritty and edgy and all that kind of stuff. And that's why he that's one of the reasons why he likes the brand. That's why one of the reasons why he decided to get a tattoo. But the NBA, again, uh, we're not getting paid by these guys. So guess what? Every game you play, you're going to get fined. Uh, what's, what's always been said in hip hop? Secure the bag. So just again, the moral of the story is. Just probably give it a second thought when you decide to put a particular logo or brand on you. And, you you know, do it for the love because you want to do it for the love. But if you can find a way to get paid for sporting that, sporting that particular brand, why not, why not look into it and try to do it? That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying with that. So, yeah, brand awareness, man. So powerful, so powerful, especially when you have... So many followers via either whatever 
endeavor you're involved in sports music or instagram or whatever and you get that and people want to advertise with you and they want you know because they see you have a a particular presence out there and and if they can get with you and they like the way you look and you how you you're swag and all that you can get paid so why not do it people so as we head in the final stretches of the show i just wanted to really share a personal story with you guys and i'm going to start off by saying this it has often been said that art is subject to interpretation while my personal story is not art it is definitely it was definitely a situation that could be subject that was that is was and could have been subject to particular interpretation and the thing about being things being subject to interpretation it's just like okay 20 you could you could take a piece of art and put it in front of 25 different people 25 different people aren't going to say or s- some the story is going to be different i saw one going to say some may see the same thing while many others may not you can tell a story you can tell a person's story at the very beginning and pass it through 15 people at the at the end of the 15th person that original version of the story will be somehow altered either through lack of communication lack of understanding or personal perceptions during the thought process which brings me to this personal story. Last week, I'm at the bank making a transaction to ATM. I pulled up <clears throat> as I got ready to, you know, get my stuff together and then go make a transaction. I, there was a gentleman who kind of beat me to it. And I was like, oh, you know, when you go to the ATM, you try to like, you try to hurt him get there. But it's just like, oh, shucks. And he beat me to it. So you wait. Okay, <clears throat> I was getting out of my car, and the gen- older gentleman, he might have been in his 60s, mid-60s, mid to late 60s, white gentleman. Now, a lot of times I like, I'm, I'm usually on the west side of town a lot, so the, the area that I go to for banking is a really nice area, but I keep it 100 with you, you know, I'm, I'm a... I'm I'm a, I'm an open and honest guy. <clears throat> it's a predominantly white area, you know, probably predominantly white with different other ethnicities probably sprinkled in. But it's a nice area, and I've gone over there to eat a lot. And people that are usually really cool or whatever. Now, when I travel around the city, especially because in in the height of all of this, the issues that African Americans are running into with law enforcement. I have, I wear my military, I I have a military hat that I usually kind of rock a lot. And I either have on a shirt or I have on a bomber jacket that has military patches on it. 
Dope jacket too, by the way. I love that jacket. I actually tore an under the arm. I gotta go take it to the cleaners to get it fixed. So anyway, but I do this on purpose and also on the back of my vehicle. I'm not trying to tell you what vehicle I drive, but it's not here or there. But I'm I'm painting a picture of because I, I well I have a military sticker on the back of my car because I'm proud of I'm 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 proud of my service. So that's why I do it. But I found but here's a crazy thing about it. You know I shouldn't I shouldn't feel this way, but I if you look back and see. The, the, uh, and, and, and take a, you sit back and see what's going on and pay attention to the, your surroundings you 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 get a feeling that you have to move in a specific manner in a specific way I, I hate to say it that way but you have to do it that way you know you have to be careful being african-american that you don't get stopped by police and it and it's usually if you do get stopped it's a pretty cut and dry situation you know get stopped because it is you get your ticket you move on it doesn't become a situation that places you in harm's way to the point that uh there is uh th- that you get you that you could you could be subject to grave injury you know so i i try that's the manner I move, and I basically feel like it's a, it's a chess game for me that I have to be making sure every move I make is, especially in that part of town, is uh, very calculated and very precise. You know, for my safety and the safety of others, not only for my safety of myself, the safety of police officers. You know, I don't, I don't, I'm not trying to be a person that, that raises any eyebrows about what's up with this guy. Because honestly, I've had a few pull behind me, but when they see my military stickers and they see veteran on the back of my my vehicle, they pull off. They don't bother me. And I'm not uh, beating my chest behind that, but I think it kind of gives them a, a, a kind of specific picture into what type of person may be driving a vehicle. You know what I mean? Or when I pass them on the road and they see my hat, they'll give me a nod and keep moving. You know, I mean, I'm no better than nobody else, you know? I don't try to act like it, but I do. I am a person that try to conduct myself in, in, a, in a very dignified, professional manner. And if I did get stopped, you know, I know how to conduct myself in that situation because I, I uh, part of the skills and the assets, no, not assets, but part of this, the skill and training that I've had over the course of my career just gives I, I i i guess i'm at a higher state of awareness of my situations being aware it's one of the things we always learn be aware of our be totally aware of our surroundings keep your head on the swivel at all times you like for example like on uh, uh for in the terms of uh if you radar radar rotates in a 360 uh, uh, turns and like a clock it rotates 360 degrees. That means, you know, a, a complete circle, if you will. So while my head is not, while my head is not like the exorcist where I can just, you know, turn my way back like Linda Blair did, if you ever saw that movie. That's a crazy movie, by the way. Uh, I am looking around and paying attention to every little detail. I have an eye for detail, things that are constantly going on around me. I pay attention to. So back as through the process. I talked him through the process. Why? Because I didn't want us to be closely engaged 
to the point that somebody sees that and makes the wrong assumption. Again, subject to interpretation. What they saw may not may not have been what was actually going on in the situation. Well, I was just, just trying to help a gentleman, you know, take care of his business and make sure that he got his money out and make sure his his transaction was complete before I went to the ATM. That could have went a whole lot of different ways, but because I had a particular awareness about my surroundings and where I was, I wanted to do it in a safe manner, but not only help the gentleman, but and he actually got his money, got his money right in the right denominations he wanted. And he also, uh, you know, again, finished his transaction. And then I went and conducted my transaction. I was gone. And at the, what's the moral of this story is that this could have rent, this could have been interpreted in uh, a negative manner to the point that I, as soon as I finished making my, you know, conducting my business, I got four or five cops to pull up and guns drawn on me to the point that, yo, hey, you know, we had a report of a burglary. I said, you know, but good thing in my favor. I noticed there was a camera above the ATM and right as you walk out of the bank, there was one that that sat on its, uh, maybe it's the, the, uh, the, I call it the, maybe the Southwest corner of the bank. So it worked out to the point that it, uh, that, that would have been in my favorite if any trouble had gone down. So but I'm glad in the end that I did conduct myself in a manner that I was aware of my surroundings. I also tried to help a gentleman, but realized being African-American, it could have went left real quick because who knows who that guy was? What if he was an undercover? I thought, I always think like this. What if he was an undercover agent and there have been some robberies in that area and he's the sickest never that person has never been there before in the past and all of a sudden at this point they were here so i thought about that i said this dude is never here every time i come all of a sudden he's here is he a real homeless person or is there some other some other covert stuff going on that's that's kind of how i think y'all that's just how i think and that saved me on many occasions in many different situations so i'm gonna keep thinking like that so but everything in the end went well but it just tripped me out the way as the situation was unfolding i was thinking through the whole process and that's what i mean being able to ch chessboard my way through the situation because every move i make is critical so i had to really be aware that helping that man not only helping that man but getting there taking care of my business make sure he got had his money and we can both move on and have enjoy the rest of our afternoon slash going into the evening so So as we end the show, my message to all of you is this. Please be aware of your surroundings. Please be careful. As we go into these holidays, I'm probably going to make this statement more than once since we're in the holiday season. We're at a state where people are hurting, going through a lot, loss of jobs, all these different things, and they are hurting and, are, and some might even fall into the pit of desperation to the point that 
if you're struggling with cash, you might decide just to rob somebody or take something from someone. I suggest you do that. Please don't do that. But there are people out there that are going to do that. And if you're out there, you know, doing your shopping or what have you, ladies at night, be real, real careful, please. If you can make a purchase before it gets nightfall, do so or wait till the next morning. Uh, let people know where you're going that you're connected to. Hey, I got to go to the store or whatnot, because again, it's the holidays. The time has changed. It gets darker sooner. So you got to be careful out there. So just be aware of your surroundings, people. My, my, uh, pay attention to everything going on around you. Pay attention to the stuff that doesn't seem like it's right. If it doesn't, it doesn't feel normal. It doesn't look normal. If it starts to feel like that, forget, forget about doing whatever you need to do at that point where you are. Just go ahead and leave because it could turn, uh, ugly at that point. It may just may not be nobody trying to anyone trying to, uh, take anything from you. It might be, maybe there's a robbery occurring in where you're going. Or maybe there's something that's going down that you shouldn't be a part of. So I'm just saying, just be careful out there. So guys, that's the show. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. I hope uh, you were entertained by the things I had to say today. I hope I was able to share impart some wisdom to you all. And peace. Please be safe. Take care. God bless. And we're going to see you. We're going to do this again. Of course, as we always do on a weekly basis. Uh, And I'll see you soon. This is your boy D, the host of the View from LA podcast. I'm out. Have a good evening, everybody. Peace.